This episode of Let's Talk Mate is brought to you by Novatech. Thank you to Novatech for sponsoring the show and helping to support men's mental health. Hello everybody and welcome to Let's Talk Mate, Sonat Minds Men's Mental Health Chat. Uh, I'm your host for this episode, Sam Clark. I'm the Digital Content Officer for Soul of Mind. Um, and we've got a couple of guests joining alongside me. But before we get into that, I'd just like to remind you that this episode is, of course, sponsored by Novatech. Um, thank you very much to Novatech for sponsoring and supporting men's mental health. And of course, if any of those situations or anything that we talk about on here affects you, um, just know that we are here for you. We've got our support line, um, as well as the Lighthouse, um, if you're in Southampton or if we're in Portsmouth, haven't Gosport, haven't, I said haven't already, Fairham or East Hampshire, you can contact the harbour and a lot of, as well as all our other services. So go ahead to our website and see which services might be available to you or just call the support line and they'll be able to help you um, refer you to services. Um, so without further ado, this episode is on relationships. I'm joined by two dashing gentlemen alongside me. Um, so first you want to share, let's go to Loison first. Hi everyone, I'm Loison. I work for Solar Mind as part of the navigation and peer support team. And Dan. Afternoon, Jen. It's lovely to see you both again. Uh, yeah, my name's Dan Warren Holland. I am the program lead for employment and inclusion of Solar Mind. Yeah. And yeah, obviously, as I touched on top, this is about relationships. And when we're talking relationship, we're not just talking about um, romantic relationships. We're talking about platonic relationships. We're talking about family relationships. We're talking about how important all of them are. But I think I do want to start with a phrase that I see constantly. Um, and it's something that really gets on my nerves. But I want to see your guys' perspective on this. It's a phrase that like, no one, the kind of idea that no one will love you until you love yourself. And I just want to see kind of where your thoughts are on that and see if it kind of matches up to what I am, because I went on a little bit of a Facebook rant about this um, a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, whoever wants to start on that. Um, yeah, I'm happy to start on that. Yes, I've been guilty of telling people that, you know, you've got to love yourself first before anybody else can love you. And when I was younger and didn't really understand the context of that phrase uh, or the deeper meaning behind it, I was quite happy to just throw that out there to people, you know, people are struggling with relationships or whatever. And they're always coming, you know, why doesn't anybody love me? Or why am I, you know, why, why is it all so hard and stuff? And I'm like, Oh, you have to learn to love yourself first before anyone loves you. And on, on the top, you know, when, if you, if you brief at a glance, it sounds like a good thing, you know, learn how to look after yourself, care for yourself, love yourself first, and then, you know, you can find love. But the negative issue with that is you're telling somebody that there's something wrong with them that needs to be fixed before anybody can love them. And I think that's now when I look back at it, I think it's, it's, it's ridiculous because you can find somebody to love you no matter what, what's going on in your life. And I, my personal example is I found love when my life had completely fallen apart. My mental state wasn't there. Um, I was in hospital after I nearly died and stuff and there was uh, there was nothing going on for me and that's how I found the person that I'm madly in love with now so I think it's 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 a problematic thing to say to somebody uh, but that's my take on it now yeah I, I totally agree with you Lois and I kind of think it's it's said in good faith it's said as something that's meant to be really like uplifting and a kind of thing so yeah if you if you respect yourself, if you like yourself, that will make you more likable. But I think, like you say, there's nothing, there's nothing else to that. It's it's just something that fits nicely on Instagram. Let's be honest. Yeah. Of if 
got a nice purple background, a lovely white curvy font or something to say. It fits on that well, but but in the real world, it doesn't it doesn't help. It doesn't help a conversation. It doesn't start a conversation for sure. It doesn't drive one forward. It's just it's just putting something out there because we're not sure what else to put out there. Is my take on it? I think for me, it's 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 on the same level as the phrase "man up." Mm. You know, they yeah. they bring nothing to the conversation. It's a way of shutting mm. something down that you don't want to talk about. You just like oh, just man up, mate. You'll be all right. You know, suck it up. But nobody tells you how to man up or whatever. And this whole thing about oh, you know, love yourself. Yeah, we people already we we do love ourselves. Mm-hmm. The issue is that you know for whatever reason we feel that other people don't love us or we're struggling to find. Uh, romance or love and we think that there's something wrong with us and then when you tell somebody oh you have to learn how to love yourself first you're reinforcing that there's something wrong with them that that, yeah. that they need to sort out and you know whether you're whether you're struggling with mental health or anything that's because it's not necessarily you, you know people aren't struggling necessarily with their mental health when you're telling them to learn how to love themselves you know they've just been through normally like when i've said it to people they've been through relationships or they've been with an abusive partner, or stuff just hasn't gone right for them. And then we're telling them, you know, to essentially man up again, you know, but you don't give people advice on what what to do to learn how to love themselves or anything. But for me, I think it's that main thing. It's like reinforcing that their own belief that there might be something wrong with them. And that's why they can't find love or their relationships aren't working or whatever. And it's, again, it's just reinforcing that negativity that people have about themselves. Mm. That it sounds like a nice thing to say to someone, so yeah, say it. Yeah, no, I just don't think I think it's not it's not enough on its own. That statement. If you look at what does it mean to love yourself, I I love my wife. I adore my wife. She's my best friend. She's my soulmate. I even love my cat. I won't say I love myself. I like myself. I think I'm a decent guy. Mm. I work hard. I try to be polite. I try to put out there the best version of me that I can. That doesn't mean that I love myself. I think I'm like an all right geezer, but that's it. It doesn't kind of like, there's not, there's not enough. You you can't say, wait, just go and love yourself because that's not how love works. Let's be honest. You don't. And when have you learned to love anything? Like love for me is more like, it's quite visceral. It's quite like it's in there. Something when you meet someone for the first time or you, or like for me, a cat comes and drops drops on my lap it's like it's it's there it's, it's i can feel it i don't feel that yeah. about myself that doesn't mean i hate myself i'm down or i've got low self-esteem i just exist it's the things around me that i love more than me yeah yeah and i think yeah. as well is kind of i think as you touched on there especially for like you know not for anyone it's hard this idea of loving yourself that's such a strong feeling being comfortable yeah. with yourself maybe liking yourself yeah, maybe yeah, like that those things but like especially for me as someone who grew up and had just such a low self-esteem for a lot mm-hmm. of them, after this idea of like when people say it to me I'm like well no happening then is it like mm-hmm. I, I bet I, I barely like myself at the best of times how am I going to get to love and that is such a it's such a high goal I yeah. feel like like it's, it feels so unattainable especially when you are in those kind of low positions it feels ridiculously hard to think of like a place where you'll love yourself like right now I'm comfortable with myself I think that's the best way of describing it I'm I'm comfortable I'm good but loving myself probably not and I don't know if that will ever really be the case I'll I'll probably get to a very good a better place than this but 
loving yourself is is strong. It's a very strong uh, goal to attain for. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, love's an emotion, isn't it? I think you can be kind to yourself. I think that's good advice to say. Look, just be a bit kinder to yourself. Don't be so hard. Don't expect the world from yourself, and just yeah. do your best. I think being kind to yourself is really good advice, but that's I think that's more practical because love is an emotion and, and and you can't put emotions into practical things I don't think you see like as an emotion in there you can't you can't change it yeah. yeah I think like like for me love is a you know it's like you said it's a visceral it's an emo- emotional thing we can mm. look at something and something happens and we can fall in love with that thing but the thing with love is we love people for who they are what they represent to us whether they're you know all the imperfections or flaws that they have we love them for that regardless and we have to do the same for ourselves so i understand you know the context of you know learn how to love yourself and it's essentially you know be kinder to yourself learn your what you value about yourself and what you want people to value in you and then try to do the same to them but like sam said sometimes it can be really hard when you don't like things about yourself whether it's your, you know, your body shape, your body weight, your nose, whatever it is, we all have things that are imperfections to us or our flaws, and we really resent them. And we look at ourselves and go, well, I can't love myself like this. So how's anybody else going to love me? And when we tell people, oh, learn how to love yourself, like Sam said, well, I don't love myself, so it's not going to happen. How am I going to learn how to do that when everything I look at in the mirror, I disagree with or I don't like? Um, it's never going to happen for me, and, and and that's it. So I think we have to definitely, you know, for for us, stop using that term and telling people, you know, particularly people we care for or friends with that, you know, learn how to love yourself first, because it's it just doesn't work. And I think it's worth as well just saying, like, you can have a perfectly healthy relationship while you're still in a position where you don't love yourself at all. Like you can you can eat like there's not obviously there's obviously. You, you know, there's a certain level of you've got to have a certain amount of respect for yourself to be able to know. But in a good relationship, it, 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 it normally the respect for yourself comes in when you're in a bad relationship. And that's where the problem, the lack of respect for yourself comes in. But in a good relationship, for the most part, it, it's normally fine. And I think, you know, I've had a perfectly healthy relationship for the last two and a half years. When And several points of that, I certainly was over near loving myself. Um and I think, yeah, you, you need to get the ideas like, yeah, I think there's got to be a certain amount. And I do agree. I mean, I spent three years being single before that. And that was the best decision of my life because I found myself is maybe the better way of putting it. I didn't learn to love myself, but I found a comfort in being alone and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, loving yourself. I think, it's, I think the idea is there. And I think the, what people want to say is there. They're just not, it's not necessarily getting it all across in the right way. And especially in terms of how it translates to someone who is mentally ill or going through really bad mental health issues, it doesn't translate in the way that I know people probably want to get it across. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I was saying before this, before we started, that I've had a hard time recently. I no secret that. I'm in therapy. I've got a therapy session after this. And, and that doesn't mean that my marriage is in trouble by any means. It doesn't mean that I'm unlovable because I'm having a hard time. It just means I'm having a hard time and I'm working on that now. But that's not, but that's different to other things in my life. They're almost separate. Yeah. And I think kind of moving on from that is kind of the idea of how, and, and, and to be fair, this is, this kind of conversation opens up to more than just romantic relationships. This is now talking about platonic relationships, but how you, how it can be hard to kind of handle those all kinds of relationships when you are feeling 
um, a little bit, uh, not particularly well. Like I know you, um, me and my father have a lot of problems of, a lot of the time because we handle things when we're both feeling not great. Mm-hmm. We handle things in very opposite ways. She wants to be kind of left to herself and left alone and have her own space. I kind of just want to cling when, I, when I'm in a bad place. And, you know, that doesn't always work, but, you know, you've got to kind of work through that. And how, how have you guys found it in terms of, like, yeah, dealing with those kind of lower times or just when you're going through a tough time when you're in a relationship and how, you know, how that can affect your relationships? For me, I, I think it's understanding our partners, um, you know, what they want. I, I, I sound, you know, you and your girlfriend are the opposite of me and my girlfriend because I like to be on my own and just suck things up myself and just deal with it on my own where she wants to sit and talk about stuff and and get it out there. And that can be quite challenging. Um, but I think we've been together now for five years. So we start to get a better understanding of what works, what our boundaries are. And communication is really important because I can lock myself in the room, play video games or sleep, read whatever, because I want time alone. And she's happy for me to do that. If I do that for a couple of days and I'm moping or sulking, then she'll come in and say, right, we need to sit down and we need to talk. You know, let's what's what's going on, what's happening gets clear your mind you know let's clear the air and get stuff out so that she knows what's going on what I'm feeling and it would it was really hard for me to to learn how to open up uh, and to do that but I think now we've been together a lot you know long enough for us to judge each other's moods and where we are so she knows when I'm struggling and when I need to talk and she'll come down and she'll sit me down and say right this is what you've been doing you've upset me because this is this has happened Let's have a chat about what's going on. And then I'm like, oh, God, you know, I, I wasn't even thinking about how I was having an impact on you. Um, and I'll apologize for it. And again, I had to learn how to do that, to accept responsibility for when I had done stuff wrong. And then to go, yeah, you know what? You're right. I shouldn't have done that. Or I've upset you. You know, I was wrong. I'll apologize for it. We'll sit down and we'll discuss what's going on. Clear the air. And then, you know, we're all right after that. So I think having those boundaries and being able to communicate with each other is is key because it is hard we can't pretend that it's not but we have to be willing to to talk to each other about stuff and let things out yeah i think you're right i think a lot of things it does come down to communication it comes down to learning and to, i think empathy is a really important word when you're trying to build a relationship whether that's platonic or romantic with anyone you've, you've got to empathize with their situation and what and what and what's come before you i think when you're meeting new people it's important to remember that they've had a whole life of experiences up until that point if you meet someone at 30 they've had 30 years of experiences that you've not seen or so like you might not always understand why people act the way they do or, or what they need um but it is because there's a lot that you don't know there's always a lot under the surface especially when we first start relationships it's always you're always trying to show your best self you're not really kind of showing your real self like you're showing the version of self you want the world to see rather than who you really are and I think that that's really interesting um that that's what people do and I'm sure I've done it as well I mean think about when we go to a job interview it's the same thing you build a relationship with hopefully it's going to be your new manager we all present this version of us who's extra than what we probably are like you wouldn't say things in the job interview that you would say to like your best mate for 10 15 years they're very different versions aren't they I think it's probably the same relationship I mean I've been with my wife since I was 18, I think, when we got together. I'm now 30-somethings. Um, so it, so I kind of think that we've almost grown up together because we were together as teenagers. Um, and we met when we were both spiralling off the rails, not in a great place. And we kind of 
realized quick that we needed each other to overcome that. So we've always had that that grounding of empathy and understanding and patience with each other. And I think that that's why we've worked really well for the last what, 18 years or whatever it is now, eight, 17, 18 years now. Um, and I think that, that that did come from early on that we were, that we recognized we had to support each other. And I think that's easier to do when you're younger. I think that's easier to do. I think when you're a teenager, your perception of the world is so different to when you get older that it really is um, that I've always said that, that if they did like an over 30s version of Love Island, that show would be carnage because the people at my age now struggle with new relationships. I struggle to make friends. I've got a very small friendship group. So I struggle to meet new people. It's not, it's not something I'm that fussed about, but I kind of think that when you get older, you do struggle to, to make relationships yourself, especially platonic ones. As a kid, you get taken to your mum's friend's house like she dumps you in front of their five-year-old and says, all right, now you two are mates. And you go, all right, great. You go off and play. And then you're friends for the rest of your life. <laughs> I mean, I can't get my mum to do that. I've tried, I've asked her, but I can't get to do that anymore. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's a hard thing to do. I think it's difficult. I, I agree with you on that, Dan. You know, friendships, particularly the older you get, are quite, it, it's quite hard to form because, you know, when you look at how we make friends, when we're young, it's like you said, our mums take us to, to their friend's house, dump yeah. us off in front of the other kids. You know, you, you, mum and dad, you know, the mums are talking, you kids go and play, whatever, and that's how you meet people. You go to school, you make friends with people that you're in class with, guys you play sports with, all that sort of stuff, and then that progresses as you get older. For myself, I joined the army. I lived with the same set of blokes for years on end and shared rooms. We served together. We went out together. We did everything together. And those are my friends. Then I left the army and I was living on my own and started a new job where everybody has their own lives, their own children, already have this established set of childhood friends and all that sort of stuff. And then you've got to try to fit in with that. So you make your work friends and hopefully from there you, you'll get closer friends. My friendship circles shrunk quite a bit because I've moved from where I used to be into a new town. I've been here for what, five years now. But for the first three years I was here, I wasn't working and I couldn't walk. So I hadn't left my house, didn't know anyone. So the friends that I have made are people who I work with. But again, it's still quite hard because those people already have their established routines, their established friendships and stuff. And you've got to try to form new friendships and everything and as adults it's a lot harder because we already have busy lives so it does become quite challenging and it, it does I think it does take hard work it, it does take work uh, to try to fit in and to make friends particularly when you're an adult. Mm -hmm. I think you're right and I think especially in the line of work that we do I think it's easier to make friends because we all have shared values. If you come to work for an organization like Solar Mind it's because you want to make a difference you want to make the world a better place in yeah. your own way and you believe in empathy you believe in all these things so when we come to work at Solar Mind we've all got but most of well most people that I've met have got very similar base core values to what they believe in the world and when you work in a lot of places if you work in an office I, I can imagine the like the politics and that kind of thing is so diverse in them environments compared to our environment that it is harder to yeah. make friends with the guy you sit next to. If you come and work at Solar Mind and you strike up a conversation with the person next to you, you're going to find some, some of them shared values that you both believe in, that you both kind of, that make up your core self. Yeah. Um, I think we're, we're quite lucky in that respect that 
we do have this, but that's what our organization is based on, yeah. this value of respect and empathy and wanting to be there for each other. So we all have that on day one. Yeah. I think it's really interesting as well, where you will talk about that, because I kind of came straight to Solent Mind after finishing university. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought, you know, I got the job at Solent Mind. I was like, oh, Southampton. I know everyone in Southampton. That's fine. I've been in uni for the last five years. So, uh, and then you kind of go, oh, wait, I know everyone who's going to uni. They're all going home. Oh, never mind. I don't know that yeah. many people in Southampton anymore. Like, and, it, and it's just a bit of a switch round. You're kind of like, oh, like you, you kind of forget about that. And I've, over the kind of few years I've been at uni, I've kind of, because you kind of, especially the way I did it, where I spent most of my time in uni accommodation rather than going into health shares and stuff like that, you basically got to make new friends every year. Yeah. Over the course of that, I kind of got used to that, where I'm kind of in the mindset and it's served me quite well, even as someone with social anxiety. And it takes a lot of strength for me to push myself into this mindset. It's this idea of like, oh, if I just go and talk to someone, I'm probably doing them as much of a favour as I'm doing myself because they probably want a friend as well. So like when I was at university, for example, I'd literally just put in like the chats or I'd go, go to the flat doors and be like, oh, go and have a drink. Uh, if you, know, you come down, we'll, we'll have a flat chat and get to know each other. And if me at 18 doing that would have been no chance, but me at 21 doing my master's, I, I was fine doing it. And again, I kind of had a little bit of that at so that Mind where there was a couple of times where I just saw someone in a meeting and then decided I'll just message them on Microsoft Teams. I was like, oh, you seem like quite a cool person. Like, do you want to have a chat? Do you want to like be friends? Like, I was, I was like, I don't know how else adults become friends. So let's just ask oh. people to be friends. And, and it's kind of served me quite well so far because most people are like, oh yeah, I actually really wanted to like, I thought the same, but I just never yeah. thought it kind of thing. And it's, it's a lot for me to push myself through to do that and can't always do it, mm-hmm. but it is something that served me really well. And I think I would recommend people just ask people, to be honest, like yeah. it's such a good yes, way. And I, I think, I think you're right. And I think that's, you know, we, it's, it's so unusual for people to do that, that sometimes people are like, they get taken aback by it. So when I left the army, and I moved to Milton Keynes, I had the same thing. Whenever I was on leave, I used to go to Milton Keynes, made loads of friends, you know, and I was like, oh, when I leave, I'll move there and I'll live there and it'll be all right. I went away a year and a half later, I came back, moved to Milton Keynes and everybody that I knew had moved to London or moved. And I was like, ah, oh, I've got to start again. And it was, you know, I'd be sitting in my flat on my own at home on a Thursday night or Friday night. And I'd be like, I'm not staying here. I'm going out. And I had, to, I had to go out to pubs on my own. And I'd go up, you know, Friday night, you know, the 80s, Weatherspoons, whatever, find a pub that had pool tables, and I'd go and play pool uh, with whoever's playing and just start talking to people. And you do. Sometimes you have to throw yourself out there. And sometimes for some people, they're like, oh, that's a bit strange or weird. But overall, and I'm a firm believer that generally people are all good on the inside. And if you meet like-minded individuals that you can have a laugh and a chat with, You'll talk to them and you can become friends. It doesn't happen overnight. But over time, I did build up a really good friendship network with people that way. And I'm, I'm still friends with quite a lot of people who I met on a random night out playing pool. Um, and you've just, you know, that I met a lot of people that I'm not friends with and I didn't want to be friends with as well. <laughs> but that's part of life. You know, you go to school, you play catch together, whatever, you get people that you're like, oh, I want to be friends with that person or I'm not going to talk to that person again. And that that's that's part of life. And I think, like you said, people are more willing to sit down and go, yeah, why not? Let's go for a drink, um, get to know each other. And you just have to, to try. And I think for some people, it can be a bit strange. But again, like you said, Dan, it depends on their experiences that they've had in life until they meet you. So... I generally am the same way I am with men or women. I'm just, I'll just chat to anybody. 
But for some women, they will take it as I'm trying to flirt with them and get defensive. And I'm just like, nah, just try to be friends. Don't really know anyone, which I think can naturally bring us onto the next thing of platonic friendships yeah. uh, that we have with people. And I have no trouble. I don't think I have any trouble making friends with people. But for some people, it's really hard for them to understand that you can have a platonic relationship with the opposite sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As, so, as someone who's bisexual, I don't know who people want me to be friends with if I can't, <laughs> if, I can't if, I, if, I, if I can't be friends with someone I can potentially be attracted to. I've, the pool of friends list is, is going down quite quickly. So I always kind of grew up on that. And I think it's quite sometimes when you present that perspective to someone, it kind of does make them think for a second because I'm just like, yeah, like, they're like oh, you can't be you can't be mates with girls. I was like, I'm attractive to guys and girls, so I cannot be friends with anyone kind of thing. And then it kind of breaks down those barriers when you present yeah. that thing to them. Because you're so used to, like, especially, I mean, I went to an all-boys school, for, for Christ's sake, like, and it was horrible, it was miserable only being friends with, like, boys. Because, like, you just need that kind of, you need a little bit more diversity in your friendship. Group. At least for me, I like having, you know, it normally leaning more towards female heavy, but I like having a mixed friendship group because you get different experiences, you get different things going on. Um, and yeah, so the platonic relationships is just something that I've kind of, again, I was single for three years before I met my girlfriend. And I had so many platonic relationships with people that were like, like they were based, they were as good as what a relationship would be for me because they were kind of people I'd go to for these situations. We just sit and chill and do nothing when we felt yeah. like awful, you know. You don't, these things don't have to come from relationships. Like these things that you consider relationship things don't have to come from that. They can come from friendships. You can sit and have a really, I, and I, I solely believe that a couple of my best friends are my soulmates as well. As much as, as much of my other half is my soulmate, I also believe that I've got close friends that are my soulmates. Soulmate isn't a, it doesn't have to be a romantic thing either. And, yeah. and I think, you know, for those three years where I was um, single, that's what got me through them. And if I, God forbid, ended up single again, I know I'd have these relationships to kind of get me through that. And yeah, putting so much stake, because at the end of the day, when you think about it, you only end up, most relationships, you have different types of relationships. Most of the time you only end up married to one person. You only end up with one person for the rest of your life. Friends, you can have any amount of them you want. And, and having that and having that reliability, I think you people just need to put a bit more value in friendships than what we currently do. We focus so much on romance on romantic relations yeah i agree with you yeah i mean especially i think i think especially through the media i watched the one of my the one of, i watched one of my favorite films the other day um i love you man it's the only film i've seen with the story is about a platonic romance i think the whole film's about this romance i think it's a wonderful film i love that movie i'm a big fan of kind of paul rudd and what's his face from how i met your mother they're both so so funny actors that it was really it's, and it's, but you don't see that it's not it's not put out there that that men bond to yeah. I mean I'm sure Sam will jump in here but I often make friends I make best friends for 90 minutes a week the lad I'm sat next to at Fratton Park I'll go to the football I quite often go on my own um, I like going with friends but sometimes I like to go on my own just get out of the house for a bit I'll be best mates to the lad next to me for the next hour and a half, two hours. He could be 15, he could be 80. Don't buy it to me. We'll be best mates for yeah. an hour and a half and talk football. And I think that that's that thing. But as I was saying, that we've got that, again, shared values. When you go to something like that, you know the person you sat next to is going to have that shared value of yours over like, what football team you follow. And I agree. I think that's something that, you know, that especially around men's mental health, you know, that, 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 that does need to be discussed. And that is that the importance of a bromance. 
because it, you know in the army the people that i lived and served with though they, they were my brothers you know they were my friends we did absolutely everything together from going out on a piss to share you know showers the works because we had to have mm-hmm. communal showers and all that sort of stuff and when you get to know people to such depth like you said sam you know your soulmate doesn't necessarily mean that that's your romantic partner because the guys who i served with will always be friends you know we might not speak to each other for years and i suppose that goes again to high load high maintenance and low maintenance friendships and with the army they're low maintenance friendships because i might not speak to somebody for five years six years or whatever but by god if i message them now and say we need to go and catch up you know i'm jumping on the train to come to spend the night they're like yeah come on you're staying at my house or whatever and we do that you know we do stuff like that quite often and that romance is still there because of the close relationships that you have and i think it's for men in general it's really important to be able to explore that and to have that platonic bromance with your friends where you're really close um, you know almost on a spiritual level or whatever mm-hmm. and it's a serious relationship and it does help us get through so much whether it's guys who play football worth or whatever it is you know that relationship is important for men and i think with society in general the way things have been focused or turned away on you know to you know we have internet dating and facebook social media you know people have thousands and thousands of friends who follow them on social media but they've never ever met or they don't speak to each other or anything like that there and i think it's a lot easier now to be surrounded by people but still be alone if that makes sense I think it is, especially I think, you touched on some really good things there with things like social media, um, I, especially with young young men, there's not there's not a how-to guide or how to be in a relationship. If you look at, I just spoke about this a minute ago, but my first relationship, my first love was with a football club. That's very one way. I give them a lot more than they give me, let's be fair. And I think as you get older and this current generation now, you have similar things with social media influencers and stars. People make content which makes you feel like their friend, that they, they welcome you to the video, that they welcome you to your home. So, but it's, but it's really a very one-sided relationship. It's you trying to, they're not going to call you up and say, how are you doing, Dan? What's going on? I mean, like PewDiePie can call me if he wants, he's not going to. Mm-hmm. But people will leave thousands of comments trying to reach out to him. I think that it means that, I thought about this, I might be wrong, please tell me if I'm talking that sometimes that you, um, that especially young men, we, we get caught in these very one-way heavy relationships. Yes. Um, and I know, you know, a lot of things that kind of a lot of young men identify that they struggle with is, is identity. So they latch onto something and that can be a football team, a social media, like influencer. That could be a TV show. But yeah. That could be, if you look on social media now, Xbox fans and PS5 fans, argue tooth and nail over what console's the best. And I think that's because that's part of their identities. They can't... So when it comes to the real world and building real relationships that are a bit more give and take, I think people struggle with it. It's not... Like, it's not easy to do. Again, it's, you know, it's, it is sort of like tribalism. You know, we... we we, we fit in with the groups that, that suit us and are similar to us, or birds of a feather flock together sort mm-hmm. of thing. And I think it's... it's I, I, I deal with, you know, I've spoken to young guys or young men in, in my navigation role where I'm signposting people and guys will phone and they're struggling with loneliness because they can't go out and they can't reach out to people to make friends. Um, or they don't, they're like, well, I thought I was friends with this person, but it turns out we're not. Um, mm-hmm. And that, again, that, that, that's, it is quite challenging. And I think it's, 
you know, it's I, I trying to, to identify what friendship is and to get a better understanding of it, because, you know, we can have casual friendships, casual acquaintances, and then we can have our bromance with 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 our with our really good close friends and stuff and it's trying to know the difference or where you fit in with people and again i think it also goes back to that high maintenance or low maintenance friends you know i've got some high maintenance friends that everything has to be about them you've got to focus on them all the time everything's done on their terms i that's i understand them and i know that's what they're like so we're still friends but i also know that i'm not their priority so I'm not going to get upset if they cancel on me or anything like that, because I know, well, that's what I expect from them. Then I have my good low maintenance friends who we might not speak to each other for months or days or, you know, weeks, whatever. But we, when we get, when we do get in touch, there's no changes. And it's just trying to find where you fit in with people and you either accept it or you say, well, I'm not going to be friends with them and, and you move on. And again, I think that can be quite hard for people. But again, I think also we have to look at the opposite. When we go back to platonic relationships, I've got girls who I am really close friends with to the point where they're almost like a bromance sort of thing, you know, and they, they're they some of my best friends. But it's a platonic thing. We love each other to bits, but as friends. And a lot sometimes people don't understand that. You know, they're like, well, how can you have a girlfriend and be like really good friends with that person? I'm like, well, because we're friends. Yeah. There's, there's nothing else there you know we don't see each other in a romantic sort of way we just see each other as friends and 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 that's it and I think for young men as well it can be quite difficult to understand that concept um and it's something that you have to learn over time yeah when you're young young, you've almost got this roadmap however you are I leave school, go to college, finish university, meet the one I'm going to marry, marry her, have a kid, buy a house, all by the time I'm 23. And that's kind of, it doesn't really work like that. So I think people, there's pressures. It's, it's pressure that you've got yourself from, from either society or self-imposed or from family. People think, well, I've got to do all these things. So if I if I meet someone, it's, it's got to be the one. It's got to be the, it's got to be the most perfect relationship perfectly like Instagram ready and but it's not that it's not the law is different I think it's also about sometimes just taking a step back and actually figuring out what you actually want like just Mm. in in, in every case just taking a step back for a second and like for me it was a forced step back as I failed university my first year and I had to go okay is this actually what I want or am I just going to university for the sake of going to university? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wanted to go to university and I had a much better few years, but just having that time to step back and that goes with anything. And, you know, I was talked about being bisexual earlier. I think even if you're the, the straightest straight man in the world, if you just take a second to go, actually give yourself the credit to consider what, what, what you feel like. Cause sometimes you get such set on this track of where you're going that you don't even think for a second, whether this is actually what you want. I know for a fact when I was in my first relationship when I was 17, 18, I was talking about like, you know, having kids, having a family, this, that and the other. And now I look back and I'm like, I'm not even sure I want kids. So if I hadn't had that time to step back and, you know, actually consider that, I could be now sitting here with three kids that I don't want. Like, it's mm-hmm. it, it's a scary thing to think about, but you need, I think you've got to give yourself some time and people have different relationships. Some people don't want to get married. Some people don't want to have kids. Some people don't want to have a partner at all. So, you know, you've got the, the asexuals and the aromantics of the world. So you just got to give yourself the time and give yourself the, the the respect to sit back and go, actually, what do I want? What do I want with... And that's not relationships, friendships. That's everything, really. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Make good points. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, we're kind of coming to the end of our podcast. So I think if we just, you know, give a little bit of advice just to see how whether it's romantic relationships or um, platonic relationships, I think I'll start by just saying, I think we've got to normalise the idea of just saying when you can't be asked to hang out, when you can't be asked to do something. You know, sometimes I sit there and I go, I just really don't want to go out and it's nothing personal on anyone. I just can't, I just can't do this right now. I don't have the energy for this, whether it's mental health or just feeling tired or whatever else. And, you know, that's something that me and my, my girlfriend have. We will happily, I don't take it personally if she goes, okay, so I know we had a date plan tonight, but I'm just not feeling it tonight. And sometimes we go, oh, do you mind if we just stay in instead? Or sometimes she doesn't want to see me at all. Don't take that stuff personally. And obviously there's a point where if someone's constantly doing it and it's having an effect on you, you've got to reconsider that friendship or relationship. But normalise the idea of just going, yeah, no, not tonight. I can't do this. And just respecting yourself, really, and just really making sure that you're in the right mindset to do whatever you're about to do. Because that's how relationships turn sour, I think, because when you don't do that and you wait until it's too late, basically. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And I think, you know, it's with any relationships, whether romantic um platonic business work relationships whatever there is I think it's important that you always have your boundaries put in place understanding what the other person's boundaries are uh, but also you know accepting that it's okay to say no to your friends sometimes you know you you don't have to just say yes or go along with what they want um, and I think you know communication is and communication and trust I think are the two most important things in a relationship but you can only get that trust by communicating with people and setting your boundaries so that people know what's expected or you know where you stand with stuff and being allowed to talk about that sort of stuff um I suppose that you know we'd have to look into another time it's probably doing a talk on toxic relationships and stuff like that um which again is a whole different conversation that 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 can be had um and you know it's just respecting people uh, their opinions and their boundaries and making sure that you speak to to each other and sometimes relationships do take work you know it's it's like a, a an expensive plant in a pot you've got to water it look after it and nurture it you can't just stick it in the ground and expect it to grow um you have to take part in it yeah I think you're right. I think it's important to show vulnerability sometimes when you're trying to grow and nurture relationships. You've got to be able to be vulnerable with people. Um, I said, you know, I'm, I'm pretty open to the fact that I'm not, I'm not having a good time at the moment. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm back in therapy at the moment. I'm doing, I'm doing better than I was six weeks ago. So don't worry about me. But it's that kind of thing of I'm comfortable to tell people that. I'm comfortable to tell you people that. I'm comfortable to tell whoever's listening and watching this that, you know, that because I want to show I can be vulnerable. I think sometimes, especially as men, that's not something we're always particularly good at. It's, I think when you're growing up and going through puberty, being vulnerable is kind of the worst in the world. I'm in my late 30s now. I don't care what people think about me anymore. But so I've become comfortable enough in my own skin that I can be vulnerable. And, and I think that kind of, find that vulnerability is so, so important when you're trying to build relationships. I know you're saying around boundaries. It is. It's almost... Like takes us to the start of this chat where we're talking about the oh, you have to love yourself before someone else will love you thing. It's more, oh, let's be honest, it's not as it's not social media like friendly, but it's more. Okay, if the message is let's find your boundaries, let let's help you stick to your boundaries, and that's the main thing, you know. Because I think, like you say, is that most people hear that when they come out of some kind of toxic relationship and got to learn how to love yourself. Is 
it's not good advice because it's almost trying to say the that person is to blame for that. So it's more yeah. like, well, let's let's learn what boundaries are, or let's learn what makes you tick, and then be a bit kinder to yourself. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good. And thank you both very much for joining me on this podcast. Um, it's been a really nice chat. And of course, next month we'll be coming back, and it will be a, a podcast on veterans and serving personnel. So it'll be a very interesting podcast. So definitely make sure to um, subscribe or follow on whatever podcast device you are listening to us on. I don't know if a podcast device is a thing. <laughs> uh, but whatever you're listening to us on, make sure to, make sure to follow or subscribe. This is the digital content I've sort of sewn up mind, by the way. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, just make sure you're following on whatever social media. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and you'll know exactly whenever a Let's Talk Night episode drops. Um, and yes, thank you very much. And of course, as I said at the top of the show, if you are struggling, if anything we've talked about here has hit you particularly hard, please do reach out to us on the support line. They'll then be able to refer you to whatever services. We've got so many services all across Hampshire. Um, and if you're not, if you're listening to this and you're not from Hampshire, find where your local mind is. There'll be a mind close to you which will be able to help you and be able to support you. Um, so please do reach out if you do need that help and support. Um, so thank you very much um, to both Loison and Dan for joining me and we'll see you again next month see you later see you later for all the latest on Let's Talk Mate and other Solent Mind stories follow us on social media that is at Solent Mind on Twitter Instagram and Facebook see you next month for the latest episode